to the next episode of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations for Modern Life. And we're continuing where we left off. Book 2, Passage 7. Hope you enjoyed the last episode, guys. And thank you once again for the wonderful, positive feedback I've been getting on the show. Please keep the reviews and ratings coming. Please keep sharing and I'll keep delivering these to you. And now, here is Passage 7 from Book 2. Do externals tend to distract you? Then give yourself the space to learn some further good lesson and stop your wandering. That's done, you must guard against the other sort of drift. Those who are dead to life and have no aim for the direction of every impulse and, more widely, every thought are drivelers indeed as well as word. Now, a couple of episodes ago, I touched on um, performing a task and just focusing on the task at hand and not letting your mind wander, i.e. staying present in that moment and therefore it's going to affect your ability um, in a positive sense to be able to perform that task to the best of your ability. You'll also not be thinking about how annoying that task is, how frustrating, why have I got to do this? You're just focused on what you're doing in that moment. You're staying present rather than letting your mind wander. However, I do believe there's a much deeper meaning to this as well and something we can all learn from, particularly if you feel in a position where you're frequently relying on short-term pleasures um, to actually get fulfillment in life. It was Aristotle who basically um, described the ultimate kind of happiness as not needing to to look for short-term pleasures but to actually have a mission in your life that is fulfilling to you. And when you're doing everything to like do your, you know, to your best of your ability to actually like drive towards fulfilling that mission, then you overcome challenges, you embrace challenges, you work in stress rather than de-stress. And you basically will make decisions not based on a short-term gain, but by what is best for that mission. So when we're talking about um, the mind sort of drifting and those who are dead to life as a result, dwellers in deed as well as word, it's this is pretty much describing the majority of today's society. You know, we're kind of brought up in an education system that leads us to become workers, Okay, so so we go out to work, we earn our income, we come home, we enjoy the time with our family, go do it again so that we can have more time with them at the weekend. And in those moments, we're then looking for like short-term pleasures to make it all worthwhile. However, in doing so, we find we're distracted by what the weather's like, we're distracted by what's on TV, We're distracted by, and when I say distracted, I'm referring to our minds. We're distracted by like these short-term things, these day-to-day things that crop up in life. And we're just kind of going through the motions each day. Now, every single experience that we have or go through in life, so when I say every single experience, think how many we go through a day. 
You know, me talking to you right now is an experience. You listening to this podcast is an experience. The fact that you just like scratched your face whilst listening to it, that's an experience. If you think about it, when we're born, we don't have any of these, but we start accumulating them very, very quickly. You know, we, we learn what a river is because we're told probably from a very young age, um, perhaps before we see one, we then might see one and, and that, you know, it's pointed out what that is. And then all of a sudden we see another and we, we build up this picture from experiences of what a river looks like. Now, we actually act the same to every single experience. And that's basically how we develop knowledge. Um, because knowledge, even if it's something that's spoken to us, if we actually see or experience it, we're actually more likely to remember that knowledge as well. Now, those experiences always are stored with some kind of emotional context. Now, if there's a strong emotional context, those experiences are going to be stronger. Let's say that at a young age, we fall out of bed and we, we yeah, bruise our leg we're, and we're crying, you know, so it's quite painful. We're therefore going to have pretty strong like feeling or emotion attached to falling okay because we're going to remember that we're going to probably be a little more careful before we're like rolling over to the edge of the bed again now throughout our life we let our emotions towards certain experiences dictate what we're often doing so we can actually be wasting away the day for example right now discussing whether going into a tiered lockdown system in the UK is right or wrong, whether implementing these changes just before Christmas is right or wrong. We, we, we can spend our whole life talking about these things that we cannot control. And because we're doing that, we're affecting our emotional state. That emotional state is therefore going to negatively impact on the thing that's most important to us. It's going to negatively impact on our happiness. Now, imagine if you, if you have a goal in life oh let's let's break it down to a shorter term one okay so rather than like a life mission let's just say you have a goal to lose weight okay and you set yourself three months to lose a stone okay now if you have no emotional context towards different foods again those emotions you have because of stored memories X tastes nice, X tastes horrible, something's fun, something's boring. If you have no emotional context to social situations, um, you know, a desire to go out, like have like yeah, a meal with friends, a desire to, to drink, whatever it may be, think how your choices would be impacted. If you were therefore able to make every single decision solely based on what's best for that goal, that outcome. So when I say this, I, I mean without using willpower. If you could literally wipe away all those experiences, all those previous emotions, so you don't view a certain food as, as nice, bad, you don't have this desire to eat a certain thing, but you're just making decisions based on what's best for that goal. So every food that you want, every food that you desire, and the timing of it is all structured 
and decided upon simply for the benefit of that goal. We don't sit there and think, I really want to go out on Friday evening and, and, you know, go to this like buffet or what have you. But it's going to it's going to be hard because like I, I don't think I should because I'm supposed to be trying to lose this stone within three months. Now, we therefore might suddenly make this decision because we want to see our friends, because we like the sound of the food. We may therefore make a decision that's going to take us away from that goal. And of course, that's perfectly normal because we all have those experiences. But again, if you go back to what I've been talking about in many of the other episodes, we can only control our minds. It's down to us how we perceive things. If you have a mission in life, and a mission would become your work, because if you have a mission that also serves people, and you make every single decision based upon what is best for that mission, without any distractions, okay, without any wandering of the mind, without impulse, if you make all those decisions based on what is best for the outcome of that mission, then of course, you're going to be much more likely to fulfill it. But unfortunately, most of us use our minds to just sort of float through life and, you know, to to moan or to, uh, you know, even the opposite, to like praise things that are happening in such a short space of time, things that you know, a part of a bigger picture, but that bigger picture is always a greater good. Guys, I hope this is helpful. Have a think about your own life. What matters most to you? And are you making short-term decisions based on impulse in the seeking of short-term pleasure or the avoidance of short-term pain? Or... Are you making decisions based on what is actually best for the things that are most important to you in life? Thank you, guys. And I look forward to the next one.